Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on TheBigScreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Hey, we're back again, and I think the leaves are changing outside. I'm sorry, Dave. Well, must be fall movie season coming. Well, it must indeed be fall movie season. Welcome to Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Yes, fall is upon us, and it's time to take a look at how the rest of 2019 is shaping up at the movies. So I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, located on Highway 2, just across from the airport here in Bemidji. They've got $5 movie nights on Tuesdays. You can get... Some discounts on coupons to go to the movies at Bemidji Theater with our Big Deals online store. However, keep in mind with those comp tickets, you may have to wait about two weeks or so to use them with some of the new releases that come out. But it's a great deal if you'd like to go and catch a movie there. And so too are the $5 movie nights. It is the Bemidji Theater. Again, Highway 2 just across from the airport. And we're glad to have them as a sponsor of the podcast. I was just there last night for a movie. It was a good time. What did you see? We saw The Good Boys. It was like a younger version of Superbad. Okay. Funny. Funny. Yeah, it's... Not for everybody. It's like an R-rated early teen movie, essentially, right? Yeah, it's it's if Superbad was... They were six years too young. They're okay. like They're like 11 years old, roughly. So wow. a, li- a little on the young side, doing stuff, saying stuff that is not for everybody, but it's Seth Rogen, of course, in the, in the producer's chair. So I was going to say, they didn't find a way for Seth Rogen to pull a Benjamin Button and go back to that <laughs> age. I, and I kept thinking he would pop in as a cameo, so I don't think it's a spoiler, but I didn't see him. So okay. maybe he was extra number seven in the background somewhere, but I never saw him. Yeah, I've been a little quiet in terms of going to the movies since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and since I got to see that. However, this weekend I'm getting a great opportunity Lawrence of Arabia yeah. is playing in theaters as part of the Turner Classic Movies and Fathom Events, um, big uh, big screen classics that they're playing, and Lawrence of Arabia is playing this weekend, so I'm going to be driving out to Fargo to get to go see it on the big screen for the first time. My favorite movie ever will probably never be topped in that category, and I'm finally getting to see it on the big screen for the first time, how it's meant to be seen. That is a good, and that's such a wide scope, just visually, movie. Uh, Omar Sharif and Peter O'Toole. It's just, it is a great movie, and it's one like Dances with Wolves. You need to see it on something bigger than an iPhone screen. Yep, exactly. Although, funny enough, the first time I watched the movie was on a computer screen. When I watched it, I I rented it at the uh, the at the college I went to. My room was, I think I had a roommate who was doing homework that night, so I had to watch it in this common area on my laptop. Put the disc in, and I was. I was completely hooked for the rest of the night in terms of watching that movie. That's, you know, sometimes it's like a good cup of coffee. Sometimes you just need to gulp it down just to get going. Yeah. And other times you get to savor and sip and nuance. And it's nice to be able to enjoy and savor, not just consume. But sometimes you're left with no other options. 
Well, before we take a look at the fall preview, Dave, although this might kind of cross over with it, anything currently in the news movie-wise that is of interest to you? Uh, Odds and ends, but nothing ginormously huge that I would offer up as breaking bulletin news or anything like that, so I'll take a pass on that myself. Okay. I do know at the box office here, at least most recently this weekend, um, Good Boys, the movie you got to go see, that was in second here for the weekend. Angel Has Fallen, which is the latest in the... uh, has fallen series. I I don't re- really think there's any other way to describe it except it's Gerard Butler protecting Morgan Freeman, the president. Um, the latest in that series that's currently top of the box office at uh, just over 21 million. Uh, that that one has done um, as far as business. Hobbs and Shaw has done really big business. I wasn't really planning on going to see it, but it's done enormous business. You attach Fast and Furious onto it and. Those two guys, Jason Statham and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and you're going to do some pretty decent business. And it has they're they're up over close to 150 million for total gross a couple of weekends in. I think it's it's still I think amongst the lowest grossing of the franchise though. Yeah, serious. So it's it's got it's done okay, but it's big and dumb, but <laughs> enjoyable, I guess. Yeah, big and dumb. I think that's a pretty good way of describing it. Not knocking it. Some of my movies I like are big and dumb, but you know, that's it's what it is. It's not Shakespeare in the Park. Right. You know, an observation with uh with uh, Angel has fallen. At some point, I think Liam Neeson had said when he was promoting Taken 3, would they ever do a Taken 4? He said at this point it's just bad parenting. You know, isn't the isn't the uh, Secret Service supposed to head these things off and not just respond to when they happen? I got to think that this fictional version of the Secret Service, I think they could learn a thing or two from Clint Eastwood in the, in the line of fire. Maybe so, unless you want to try to put the blame on the CIA and the FBI rather than on the inner circle there of the Secret Service. But you, you make a great point there, Dave. Bigger. It's just a oh, totally corrupt government. should be washed away. One entity trying to wipe out the other entity, and we're all the same team. You'd think that after all these different movie conspiracies, from all these different movies that involve conspiracies, that some of these people would get things figured out. But nope, there's always a new conspiracy, isn't there? It's funny that when like every other movie, there's corrupt po- cop or corrupt politician or corrupt whomever. And then when we think it might happen in real, oh, no, it can't possibly be the case. What are you talking about? We take it as verbatim like every other movie. You don't think that sometimes yep. movie and art imitate one another? So, yeah, it's possible. So, eh, anyway. All right, you are the keeper <laughs> of the list. You've got a list of movies that we are going to uh, to delve into today as far as what's coming up this fall. Where would you like to begin? Well, let's start with a whole new paradigm of movies. Movies nowadays are a little more than just on the big screen. Now you've got streaming services, which is the future of TV and much to what Steven Spielberg might be uh, protesting against. What defines a movie? You know, does it have to be shown on a movie screen to be considered a movie or can it be a TV movie or could it be like streaming movies like they have now? And maybe that's a good place to start where rather than buying a ticket at the box office, you're going to need to have a subscription to Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever the case because you do have some interesting ones coming out. I would start with, and I think it's coming out, uh, I forget the date, but it's on Netflix, The Irishman. You've got It's the new Martin Scorsese movie, so already that's going to draw some interest. You've got De Niro. You've got Joe Pesci. I can't remember. I have to look it up the last time he made a movie. Um, he's 
pretty much retired from acting, but he's making a comeback here for his buddies Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, and it looks very, very interesting. It is going to be released as a world premiere on September 27th at the New York Film Festival. It will have a limited theatrical release, maybe just a week or two and maybe in certain theaters, and then it only is still late 2019 where it will be coming on to Netflix. We have a trailer that's out for The Irishman, uh, which, I, which I saw briefly, um, but we do not have an exact date of when it will be available online. So keep looking for it, but that's, if you, that'll be a Netflix one uh, for most of us. It looks really good. Martin Scorsese, I can't think of a movie he's done that I was like, eh, I really dis- disliked it. Well, you combine Scorsese and a crime or gangster type of movie, and the formula's worked pretty well in the past, and it looks like he's going that route again with a ridiculously good cast. I mean, the, the people who he's pulled in there, well, especially that main triumvirate, De Niro, Pesci, Pacino. I yeah. mean, the, you start yeah, there. And I totally it's skipped over crazy Pacino. Good. What's wrong with me? It's crazy good. Ultimate Dreamcast lineup, even if the plot is kind of, eh, just watching these three guys under the, uh, the the craftsmanship of Scorsese make an appointment on this one, whether it's on the couch with Netflix or if you get to see it on the big screen, this is one to watch, if just for the performances. Plus, it when you combine in a little bit of the Jimmy Hoffa story and... I mean, you've got something that you're working with then. I'm trying to think. Uh, no, it was Jack Nicholson who played Hoffa in the movie Hoffa, like early 90s, 92, something like that. Okay. So, interesting. Okay, I was getting myself crossed, confused. Nope, good tangent. Another one, since you're a Breaking Bad fan. El Camino. That's right. We just got a new trailer that came out for El Camino, which people had known that this was coming. I think it kind of went back under the radar a little bit, though. The the whole idea of the Jesse Pinkman movie, of what happens to Jesse Pinkman after the events of the former AMC TV show Breaking Bad, which has spawned a spinoff, which has been phenomenal in its own right, Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad, highly acclaimed, one of the great golden age of television uh, shows that, that was out during the 2000s and then early 2010s, and now we're getting this El Cab- uh, this movie, El Camino. It's going to be written and directed by Vince Gilligan, mm. who who ran, of course, Breaking Bad and now is helping uh, put Better Call Saul together, and it will star Aaron Paul as well. Um, it's going to continue on and pick up where we left off, essentially, um, with Jesse Pinkman escaping and, and getting out from those, those neo-Nazis who were in, in Albuquerque. This movie is going to be coming in October of 20, of 2019, so October 11th is when it will be released. Um, it will be released on Netflix and apparently is going to be broadcasted on AMC at a later date oh. as well. But it will be started out on Netflix on October 11th. So I am delighted about this this movie. Really looking forward to it. Hoping that they that it's not just a a boondoggle that they attach on, but that it's going to be something really substantial as well with a what happens. To make it. Right, with what happens with Jesse Pinkman. I'd be interesting, you know, Brian Cranston is logistically not going to show up in it, but I mean, you got to think, there's got to be something, even if he's the third cop to the left, you know, does he show up somewhere, anywhere? As a cameo? Yeah, maybe. That, that would be fun, having at least a cameo. Obviously, you'd have to make him look different, because yeah. if you've got cue ball and goatee, um, 
cue ball and goatee Brian Cranston in there. It's just not going to work. Or anybody who even slightly resembles how Walter White used to look. Have him show up looking. Have him show up as the dad from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be that'd be a real comedic turn. But it, it would be funny if like if if Pinkman would cross paths with the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, kind of like that, and they. He's like, hey, excuse me, I'm I'm trying to go to this place. Can you help me? I can't. I'm looking for my son. Malcolm, and, Malcolm. And then Jesse Jesse kind of leaves and then they give each other a looks, look. Kind of looks up in the sky a little bit like huh. he looked familiar. I don't know. <laughs> that that'd be a little bit too comedic, I think, when this looks like it's gonna be a serious movie um of of what Jesse's exploits are now. And the trailer is essentially just uh skinny Pete, one of his old um drug dealing friends getting grilled about where Jesse Pinkman went after the events of Breaking Bad. So not much to go off of on the trailer, except it's a hype trailer, essentially. Yeah. There's another one that's coming out uh, on Amazon Prime that looks good. It'll get a limited theatrical release, I think, in December called The Report. It's got my interest. This is uh, Adam Driver and, uh, um, oh, what's her name? Annette Benning. Based on true stories following the events of September 11th and the we do not torture idea and documents being destroyed and that kind of thing, I've got a fascination for a lot of things throughout the course of American history especially, but world history too, and um, various different things, whether it's war-related or government-related or whatever, about stories that kind of get swept under the rug that eventually down the road kind of come out. Well, we saw bits and pieces of this with um, with Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. We saw a little bit of that in there, and it looks like this is going to explore that in more detail. Yeah, this is an interesting one, and it's one of those parts of American history that is not, it's not shining, it's not stellar, it's not great, but it is the reality, and it's uh, they got a movie coming out about it that's based very much on true stories, I guess. Uh, we're going to see more about it. Uh, but the report coming out on Amazon Prime and also will get a limited theatrical release. I'm seeing November 15th is its release. Is that about when you were yeah, I think so. planning on that? Okay. Yep. So, uh, yeah, again, Amazon Studios getting a limited release that it'll be that it'll be out as well. But we've got a lot of theatrical ones to get into, too. I think that covers most of so. the main streaming ones that, that are coming up this fall. But have got my interest, yeah. So, since Stranger Things Season 3 is already out, so we now we can move forward. Yes. So, you're going to want to go traditional route. You want to go to the big screen, and at the time that we're recording this podcast, uh, coming out, I believe, next weekend, first weekend in September, you've got a couple of that are getting some interest. First of all, you have Downton Abbey. How many of you guys uh, were into that show on BBC? I did watch Downton Abbey. I My parents enjoyed watching Downton Abbey. Now... And and I got into watching it too. Now, is it soapy? Yes, it's it is just, very it is. soapy, very very soapy. But it was interesting. Even my dad kind of liked watching Downton Abbey because of the period of when it was set, and and even the building itself too. Remarkable building that they filmed it in as well. Um, but yes, now they've got the movie that is going to be coming out here this fall. I know people that watched this and I really enjoy it because it's peaceful. It's like watching Bob Ross paint. Makes you want to have a cup of tea. Watch it in mid-afternoon. I was like, I, uh, that's awesome, but I don't want to. I haven't seen one episode. I'm not saying I think it's a bad show. It's a very odd way of describing it. I, I, this is what I'd heard, and I, I heard a couple of different people. I mean, a lot of people that like it, 
Uh, it just doesn't really interest me. The same way that Star Wars doesn't interest my my wife. So it's it's okay. I've got September 13th in the UK is when it's coming out, and I believe it's going to be September 20th that it will be released here stateside. Yeah, I've, I've, there's a couple of different dates out there. The earliest one I saw was September 6th. So that's we'll wait and see what the reality is. And they, that's another thing we should probably put out here is dates can be shifted around, and that has been known to happen. Yes. But uh, the other big one that will be coming out to kick off the fall, and we've touched on it before, It Chapter 2. This that, looks interesting. It does look interesting, and I've heard interesting things about It Chapter 2. September 6th, that's going to be coming out um, and will be in theaters as the kids are now grown up from the previous It movie, that group, and they are reassembling to try to finally do away with Pennywise the Clown um, and face up to their their childhood fears, essentially, is what it's built around. I have heard it's very long. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's that, true. That's one of the main things that I've heard. I've also heard that Bill Hader is phenomenal in it, in his particular role of one of the kids who's now grown into an adult. Um, I've Which heard, is interesting since he's a comedic actor. Yes, but apparently he is is really, really good in it, according to some of the early reviews. So it's a bit of a mixed bag of what I've heard so far, but overall solid on this upcoming It Chapter 2. Yeah, and the kid actors from Chapter 1 are back, and they're going to do something to digitally de-age them just a little bit so they look a little more like they did in Part 1. And interesting, down the road when this one comes out on home media, there is talk that they will have a supercut version with Chapters 1 and 2 put together as if it's one big, long movie. Now, the first one was, I have to look it up, probably about two hours seems about right. This one is something like three hours long. It's getting close to three hours. It'll be like a five-hour supercut movie, but I think the miniseries from like 1990, the TV version, was, I don't know, four, four and a half hours. I mean, it's a long book, but it's... That's the way it's in the book. You got the first part with the kids, second part with the adults, and it's been pretty accurate to the book. And if it is, there's a scene in the book where Paul Bunyan comes to life. Now, those of you that are listening that don't live in where we record this podcast, Bemidji, Minnesota, the home of Paul Bunyan, there's a big, giant Paul and Babe statue down by the waterfront. Uh, if that happens in the movie and Paul Bunyan statue comes to life, uh, it could be interesting every time you drive by it from here on out. Yes, it very well could be, depending on what the context within that is. Yeah, but it also appears as if they are, I mean, the way it's been promoted and everything, this is the end of the story, yes. essentially, here. They are, they're not trying to drag it out. No. It looks like this is going to be a, we're putting a capper on this. Yeah, they're really doing what the book is, and that's what the book is. Chapter one and chapter, it's, it's one book. But to uh, break it up a little bit is almost a necessity. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, it's so far very true to the book, and apparently the second part is too. They've come up with a couple of different scenes that weren't in the book and weren't in the script, but uh, James McAvoy came up with an idea for a funhouse scene, which they, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And they did it, and apparently it turned out really, really good from what we're hearing on Early Buzz. So, uh, so stay tuned. It Chapter 2, it's going to be a hard R Stephen King horror movie. Um, a little too soon before Halloween. I think October would have been a good release date, but eh, what do I know? So we move into later September. You got a couple of good ones. You got a sci-fi mystery with Ad Astra, Brad Pitt, and Tommy Lee Jones. I don't have a clue what to make of that movie. I saw a preview for it when I went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I believe is where I saw the the preview because I'm getting ready to see Brad Pitt in Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood, and here's Brad Pitt in Ad Astra, and I'm like, huh? Huh? Okay. 
He's, he's got sort of the Matthew McConaughey role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and now he's the serious, dramatic astronaut in Ad Astra. Um, his dad, Tommy Lee Jones, was on a secret mission years before, and now he's presumed dead and lost in space. Or, wait a minute, maybe he's not. Or is there some conspiracy going yeah. on, betrayal? It's it's hard to tell, but it all is revolved around in being in space. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's necessarily sci-fi. It's like modern-day space. So, you know, astronauts in space, not exactly sci-fi. But So stay tuned on that one. Could be an interesting one. Ad Astra coming out uh, September 20th is the date I have. Same weekend as what is toted to be the final one, Rambo Last Blood, the fifth Rambo movie. This one... Uh, you know, funny enough, just not that long ago, I got on a Rambo kick and watched all of them, and I'd never seen the fourth one just called Rambo before, and it was good. Every one of them has something redeeming about it. Not any one of them is a complete throwaway, although in my opinion, the third one is the weakest of the bunch, but this one looks particularly good, and anyone that's like, well, he's just bringing things back, you know, as long as there's something behind it, I mean, look at Rocky Balboa's return in Creed. You know, he got an Oscar nomination for coming back as as Rocky in what would have been, what, the seventh time for Rocky, if you consider that a Rocky movie. But he was back in a trainer type of role yeah. there. I mean, Stallone is 73 years old. This is, this is kind of incredible that he's back again in a movie like this, that, that he's going to be doing probably a lot. Again, in terms of he's John Rambo, in, term, in terms of action and in terms of all of that, he's still able to do all of that. Yeah, this I can't say this gives me hope and inspiration that Harrison Ford is going to finally be able, at the age of nine hundred and two, to do another Indiana Jones movie. I mean, at some point, you just got to be realistic. But right. Stallone is a whole other thing. He's a beast. I mean, he really is. And uh, he's a whole different kind of category. Stallone doing what Stallone does is very, very different. Even Schwarzenegger. But you get a guy like Harrison Ford. I'm not as optimistic that Indiana Jones 5 is going to be, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not being ageist. I'm just being realistic. You know, he broke his leg walking into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon right. with Episode 7. You know, I mean, Indiana Jones is slightly more physical than that. Uh, and that was, the last time he did that was 10 years ago. But that's, I'm getting off Pete. Um, the Last Blood sounds good, and this is going to be the last one. He is, whether it's a spoiler alert or not, people are like, well, does this mean Rambo's going to finally die? He's like, no, Rambo will live, but who knows? Does it look a little standalone-ish to you, this movie? Like, that it might not have as many ties to the other movies, especially since it's been so long since one? It's going to be very, it's going to be very different in that, in in a lot of ways, it's going to be a lot like the first one. Because in all those movies, except for the first one, he's fighting some foreign government. And the first one, he's just fighting some over-cocky sheriff in the remote wilderness. Well, at the end of the last one, he comes home. So this one is set here. So he's home and has some issues that are, well, we'll, we'll see exactly what they are, but it might have echoes back to the first one. And the hmm. first one itself is allegory to post-traumatic stress following Vietnam War, you know, and so a lot of those guys just didn't get the, the help that they needed. What I what I read was it looks like you might have some run-ins with the cartel, supposedly. Yeah, there, yeah there's a lot of that, too. Yeah. But this is going to be an interesting one to see him still bring it, and I believe he can, because that's what he does. Uh, this I'm, is going to be just, a good one. I'm just amazed, especially at just with him being at this age and especially because in the rocky ones he's made a graceful transition into being the trainer here 
it sounds like he's still going to be the dude. And it's like, wow, Stallone you're, is in his early 70s, and yet he's still able to do all of this. I it's don't, pretty incredible. I don't think he's going to go back to 1985 form where he was probably the biggest. I mean, that was about the same time he did Rocky Four. He was just as big as I'd ever seen anybody. And I think he's just one of those guys, almost like a Clint Eastwood type, that if you push me, I will fight back, and I can, uh, just in a bigger way. Yep. I, have, I have a feeling something along those lines. And that's good. That's a good message. And this would be a good one to let him sail, set sail on. If he comes back as Rocky and Creed three, sure, sure, why not? You know, Burgess Meredith did it. I think they're probably almost the same age. <laughs> oh, that's frightening to think about that. All right, let's move down to October. We've got another good one that's coming up that uh, looks like a very big departure, but very, very interesting, Joker. Yes, Joker. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix is the iconic Batman villain, the Joker, um, in a very different kind of almost origin style um very, very different, very subdued, very much, you know, Batman Begins was looked at as if Batman was for real, man, if like Bill Gates had all this money, man, and he became a real superhero, this is how it would be. Well, maybe this looks kind of similar to how would some nutcase just devolve into this clown face paint wearing Joker type character. So consider it that, an origin story to the Joker. Essentially an origin story, yeah, which is is such a tricky thing to drop into with the Joker because his origin is very much one that is up for grabs in terms of you could certainly believe this, like that he just kind of appeared, or do you believe that there's more of a, this was a tipping point for this guy? It seems that it's going to be more of the latter that this movie is going to delve into, that the Joker didn't just appear, which sometimes I, I feel like is the case with his character, which I kind of like. In, a, in its own way, I kind of like that there's no origin story with the Joker, that he just is and is always around. But we're going to get some kind of a story of how he came to be who he was in the Batman saga and then the Batman story. I don't believe Batman makes any kind of cameo in this. I think it's, it's a complete standalone movie. And I, I'll say this. While I think this could be an interesting movie, most definitely, and it's not intended to be any kind of a prequel, per se. It's its own thing. Um, you know, when you get really interesting characters like the Joker, like Hannibal Lecter, like Norman Bates, I'm not interested into watching and play out in full nuanced detail how this warped personality came into being. You know, you can let your mind figure out what went off, what happened off screen makes it more interesting, according to me. So young Hannibal Psycho 4 that kind of explores more, less interesting. More interesting if you're just like, I don't know how he got there, but he's there. This is interesting. But that being said, this could be an interesting one. There's talk of Oscar buzz around this, per se. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, there's been a lot of good buzz around his performance, which obviously when you are taking on a role that got the kind of acclaim that Jack Nicholson gave it, that then Heath Ledger perhaps even took into a whole nother level and won the Oscar for it's a big, big step, but there's good buzz yeah. surrounding it, at least right now. Joker coming out early October, and as, of, as far as I can understand, same weekend that Natalie Portman is back in Lucy in the Sky. An what interesting is it about drama. space right now? A lot Space is back in, Dave. It's back in, but this is not sci-fi. This is based on... Drama. This is based on an actual event, but it's not a true retelling. It's just kind of inspired by... 
So you guys may remember, I don't know, 10 years ago, there was that love triangle at NASA where one gal drove cross-country wearing like a diaper or whatever to, yeah, well, because she didn't want to stop for gas or bathroom breaks, so she just wore like the NASA diaper. That's kind of what it was remembered as. Basically, Natalie Portman is an astronaut that goes into space, and then she comes back to Earth, and her life just unravels. And her, she starts to detach herself from reality, and she, you know, starts an affair with another astronaut from NASA. And it's an interesting tour de force kind of looking acting performance. She's in it. John Hamm is in it as another actor uh, or astronaut, rather. And a side of being space that doesn't really get talked about or maybe thought about all that much. Well, what's the the effect of being in space away from home for that long? Did you just hear over this last weekend what might be the first crime committed in space has allegedly happened? You had one of the astronauts aboard the space station that's in an estranged relationship with her husband illegally, allegedly, uh, accessed his bank account from space, from the ISS, the International Space Station. No way. Yeah. It's, so it's she's back on Earth now, which is funny. When you read the news, the suspect just recently returned to Earth. When was the last time you ever read a police report <laughs> that says the suspect just oh. returned to Earth? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm seeing this here. Yeah, wow. so, so who knows? Who knows? This might just be the start. So who knows what kind of an effect space may have. But, I mean, I think you're still close enough. I mean, you're getting a lot of that signal from different things, and you're pretty far away from a satellite or from a cell tower, but maybe you're just close enough. Who knows? Wow. Yeah, that's a busy weekend with, um, yeah, they've got that movie that's coming out then, too. Did you also mention or have listed down (laughs) Gemini Man? Oh, yeah. Give me that one. Yeah, that one's with Will Smith, and apparently he's he's up against... from what I read here, he's an assassin who gets pursued by uh, somebody who's younger who seems to be able to predict everything that he does. I, You know, we haven't seen a whole lot of Will Smith. He was Mr. Blockbuster, of course, back in his prime. and Kind um, of a younger double type. Yeah. After him. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Will Smith fan. I do like him. I'd like to see him. Uh, I don't know if comeback is the right word, but a resurgence, I guess, would be a good one to put it. Well, the, the other name that's really important to keep in mind with this movie who's directing it is Ang Lee. Yeah, that's another one. Of course, we're talking, he does a lot of tour de force dramatic and acting. I can't speak this morning. Uh, This one does look really, really good, The Gemini Man. Any others in October Yes, you've got listed? Uh, Bring the kids to get scared at at the sequel, Maleficent, the Mistress of Evil. Now, they had the Maleficent with uh, Angelina Jolie a couple years ago, Uh, so here's the sequel. Basically, she's the bad queen, uh, essentially the bad gal from uh, Snow White, I think is the story from it. And So now Angelina Jolie is back in all full wickedness, and it'll be more of a darker live-action kids' fairy tale horror movie, however you want to define it. Yeah, October 18th. Uh, Maleficent, Maleficent 2. Is I can never pronounce it right either. It'll be uh, appropriate for Halloween, I guess. And if you really want to go hardcore, same weekend, Zombieland 2, Double Tap. Just had the trailer come out a couple weeks ago. October 11th, I believe, for that one, right? I think that's, uh, there's, you know, you see so many different dates. Um, and they get wiggled around and moved around, and some of them, they just show you one date. Oh, that's international. Oh, no, that's U.S. So coming out in October prior to Halloween. In October, yeah. yes. Oh, it is the 18th. Okay, yeah. that did get changed to the 18th. You know, keep your eye open. I wonder if, is it possible, Bill F. And Murray could come back because he is dead. Could he come back and now that he's a zombie? Maybe he's a zombie. Well, he would have had to bust... 
they only threw him off. They they didn't actually uh, bury him in the ground, um, got, he so get, he wouldn't have to bust out of the ground. They just threw him off of his off of his back porch yeah, and, and did up. the gun salute. But how do they kill him in the chest? You don't kill a zombie in the chest. You got to get him in the head. You got to kill the brain. He could rise as a real zombie in zombie makeup. Those of you that saw the original, you no. know what we're talking about. It could be interesting, but I mean, you, it's notoriously hard to get Bill Murray involved in a project, so you never know. But wouldn't that be the ultimate cameo return? Or maybe yeah. they have some other cameo. Who knows? I'm just curious where they take the story with it now by by this point, because everyone's gotten a little bit older. Most notably, Abigail Breslin has, has grown older by now. Um, so where do they go with the story next? But I like that they're... That they're going back into the story because it was Zombieland was such a such a great offbeat sleeper hit when it came out because they put together this oddball collection of people um, with Woody Harrelson in there and then they've got Jesse Eisenberg who was essentially a wimp in the first movie but a charming wimp and then the uh, the sister duo that they have in there of Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin and it worked and it worked great as they chased Twinkies and as they fought off zombies <laughs> and went through the various rules. It was really amusing. It was it was meta. It was really it was a fantastic movie. I wonder if it was lightning in a bottle like speed. Can you capture it again? Uh, that's going to be the tricky thing with a movie like this. Um, I will go to see and find out myself. Uh, I think this is a movie that is not a movie that takes itself seriously at all. And uh, if you can take it on that premise, I think you're going to find something very enjoyable. So I'm, I'm in for this one. Let's get more scary as we get into uh, Halloween. The sequel to The Shining, Dr. Sleep, is coming out. What? You haven't heard about this one? Oh, we had mentioned this previously. I didn't realize that it was coming about this quickly. At Dr. Sleep, uh, I don't know that much about it. I haven't seen a trailer for it. Uh, just some interesting parts about it that come out. There is a book, of course, that's based on the Stephen King sequel. So Dr. Sleep uh, looks to be interesting. But um, if you've got, basically you've got Danny Lloyd now, the kid from The Shining, grown up, who still has the ability to shine, which those of you that have not seen The Shining is kind of like a psychic ability to connect with others. And there are others like him. He's not alone. This looks like he's in early November. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. What? He's he's grown. Obi Wan is now Danny is now uh, uh, Danny Lloyd. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Could, There's a plot twist. This could be a definitely interesting show. Uh, you know, The Shining. I think is a good story. I, I'm not a fan of the Kubrick movie. It's just it's, I'm not against it. I just it doesn't grab me. They did a TV version that was much much better. It's a good story if you do it right, and this could be an interesting one. That's a pacing thing for me. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. So Dr. Sleep coming out rest just in time for Halloween, and then just to snap you out of Halloween mode in almost a violent fashion, November 1st, the day after trick-or-treaters, Terminator, Dark Fate. Yes. This would be, what, the seventh Terminator movie, I think? But in a way, it's I've lost track. In a way, it's actually Terminator three point two, so they are ignoring everything that takes place after Terminator two, and this is the better late than never Terminator three. If you want to look at it that way, this is becoming the new thing in Hollywood with you know Halloween last year, avoiding all the sequels. Um, so you got every, everybody is back. Schwarzenegger's back. Linda Hamilton is back. Even uh, Edward Furlong, who played uh, John Connor in T two. 
apparently his likeness is going to be used. And even James Cameron, he's not directing it, but he's on board as, call it an executive consultant, if you want to do that. An executive consultant. He's, okay. he's, in, he's involved in it, and, it's, and that's almost like a stamp of approval. This is uh, going to be interesting. Maybe it'll be the last one. Who knows? Yeah, hard to say because every time with Terminator, it, it the plot has just gotten really convoluted. I think is the best way to put it as far as as far as consistency in time yeah. frame. Yeah, it's gotten really. It's hard to keep up with the story, and I'm not entirely sure where the story is going, or if it's just a story about surviving the machines and that there's no actual end that that is in sight for this it's always been trying to avoid judgment day when the machines take consciousness and strike back but at the heart of the terminator movies at least the early ones you know look at us now in 2019 this over-reliance on ai and on electronics and this is you know star trek with the borg did the same thing and over-reliance could they turn on you you know, and uh, it's it's an interesting kind of cautionary tale in a way, taken from a much more action-oriented perspective. But if you if you get rid of all of everything that came after Terminator Two, those stories from one and two are pretty linear, pretty yes, pretty straightforward. They are. And it was only after that they started to over convolute the plot just a bit. So all of that gets thrown out, and you just you follow up with Terminator Two. This is basically the the actual Terminator Three. If you want to look at it from that perspective, could Although, be interesting. The one redeeming thing I thought about Terminator Three was the ending, where the visual is really stunning of the the nuclear war essentially happening there with the machines setting it all off. It I thought the visual there was yeah. pretty stunning, but the rest really forgettable. I I suppose in general, T three was one that you know you, it's following a movie like Terminator Two. I mean that's I mean whether you agree or disagree. It's up there as far as how good it really was. You know, you don't want to walk out of the movie that follows Terminator 2. And my thought was, how much am I going to wish they didn't make a Terminator 3 when I walk out? And the answer was, not at all. I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a very good movie. I think it wasn't a perfect movie, but it was very enjoyable. It did take some turns like the end. They did not avoid what they were trying to avoid. They were trying to survive it. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see that coming. That was interesting. Um, everything after that, eh. Less so. I thought Salvation was by far the worst of the bunch. Um, Genesis yeah, was not very well liked. Genesis was okay, but it was just trying to be too cute, I think, and it just it took some turns trying to take turns. And it yes, was, uh, in and of itself, is not a bad movie, but it wasn't a great movie. Um, so now we get a chance to kind of uh, redo it, so to speak, and pick up where they left off. So everybody, pretty much, is back. Before you get too far into November, there were two more from October that. Yeah. that I had listed down. Um, the one was, if if you want a kid's option for October, there's an Adams Family movie that's, that's right, coming yeah. out in October. That's going to be on, I believe, October 11th is when animated. that one is being released. Yes, it's an animated version of the Adams Family, and it seems that it puts the family into the present day a little bit or squaring off with the present day. Adams so, Family Halloween, so it should be a very good mix. Indeed, yes. The other one, then, I don't know if you have this listed as for later. I have it marked down for October 18th, and that's The Lighthouse. Oh, I did skip that one. Yeah. yeah that looks interesting. With William Defoe and Robert Pattinson, two lighthouse keepers who deal with solitude but are also dealing with losing their sanity. It's a black-and-white movie set set against the coast, and it already premiered in Cannes earlier this year, but 
there's some legitimately strong buzz surrounding this movie. Um, it's a bit of an art house type movie. It's it's from A24 is the company that's releasing this independent film company that's releasing this and. There's some pretty legitimate buzz about the cinematography as well as about the story with this movie. Yeah, if you're looking for more of an art house horror movie, something that's going to get you think and not just jump scares and you know something well crafted and well performed, this would be one worth looking out for. You know, the lighthouse. You don't see a lot of black and white movies nowadays that are new. Um, that's something else that's uh, kind of interesting. Plus, I'd be interested it, in that. It's very simplistic. I think it, the only two who are listed in attachment to this movie are William Defoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, and, that's really it. And they both know their way around some acting. You know, Willem Defoe has been up for Oscars before, and uh, Robert Pattinson, when he's not playing vampires, actually yes, has got a good career. I I will say that too. That yes, if you if you look past his Twilight, the Twilight portion of his career. I think that was really just a vehicle for him to get launched yeah. into into the movie industry. He has been in you know his filmography has been pretty strong of stuff that he has done. He's he's attached to the upcoming Christopher Nolan movie in the future as yeah. well. Um so he's he has been he's shown that he has a really good range of what he can do. So now we bring us back into November. This is one I'm looking forward to. This is either going to be way hokey overblown or it's really going to work. Midway. That's quite a that's quite a spectrum there. Midway is coming out November sixth or November eighth, and uh, those of you that are familiar with World War II, Midway was the turning point in the Battle of the Pacific. So that was yes. the Pacific version of D Day, where you had the, the Americans have been losing, they've been losing, they've been losing, and then they turn it around at Midway. Now this is done by Dean Devlin. This is being done by Roland Emmerich. This is the crew that did Independence Day. They also did though the 1998 Godzilla. So you can get overblown and hokey like Godzilla, or you make it big and bold and it works. I look at the cast and I have questions. I have questions because the cast is. It's almost like are they making this more of an action movie that's going to have. I don't know, some hokey elements to it, or are they actually going to take it seriously? Because here's here's the cast from what I'm seeing. Woody Harrelson, Mandy Moore, Luke Evans, Aaron Eckhart, Nick Jonas, Dennis Quaid. It's... What well, what do we make of this? Let me put it to you this way: A few years ago, they made that movie Battleship based on the game, which you know aliens are invading, and yes. well, we could resurrect this old battleship. And get, yeah, this that no, thank you. Didn't even see it. I saw bits and pieces of it. Have no desire to sit and watch the whole thing. This does not look to be that. This looks to be probably. I mean, Midway is a battle. It's a true life battle from World War II in early nineteen forty two. And it was a big and, turning point. And as you said, yes, a really critical one oh, in the Pacific Theater. After that, the Japanese were always on the retreat, and ultimately, we won the battle. We won the Pacific Theater and won World War II. And the Battle of the Midway, if you know your history, is is intricate, but it's really, really interesting. It was a lot of deception, and it was a lot of you know uh, false moves over here. Look over here, so you don't see what we're doing over there. Um, so it looks like it's going to be more of an action-oriented thing. How true to life will it be, and will it be historically accurate, well, or will it just be done yeah. to satisfy a Hollywood crowd? Stay tuned, but you know this might be one worth checking out. Yeah, it's also it's interesting because they're attaching it into Veterans Day weekend as yeah. well. But yeah, with Roland Emmerich, it's it's hit and miss. You, you have to at least keep in mind the possibility. Yeah. yeah. Now let's get into, you start getting into some more uh, 
award contenders, I guess, is not just about, you know, that's one of the things with the fall season. You got the Oscars coming up and Oscar nominations coming up. So you start getting some tour de forces. Middle of November, you've got a nice mixed bag that's going to bring a lot of people. It looks like November 15th is a busy weekend. First off, just for popcorn's sake, but in a different way, you've got the rebooted Charlie's Angels. Directed by and written by Elizabeth Banks, who you know is a comedic actress who has been doing some turn behind the camera and with some decent success. So now, not only is she in the movie, but she's directing it also. Looks to be a little less campy version than the Drew Barrymore, McGee, you know, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu versions. A little more straightforward version of Charlie's Angels with uh, Kristen Stewart. And this this could be an interesting one, most definitely. It's either going to be, I think it'll find its audience, uh, and hopefully it'll find its footing with uh, a female-led event like this, which is such a female-strong movie anyway, or series. Yes. This could be a good thing. It's an interesting group of for the casting yes. as well. It's Kristen Stewart. Naomi Scott and Ella Belinsky are the three that they are teaming together for the the latest iteration of Charlie's Angels. And what will this group of angels be like? And, and what will happen, too, with somebody like Elizabeth Banks, who's going to be giving the directorial push with this? What's going to make it different? What's going to make it really unique in its own right? I think that it's a female-powered, female-driven female movie, and I think she's got a good voice. And I like—I'm a big fan of Elizabeth Banks. I really like her, uh, and I think her guidance behind the scenes—if it's a woman movie being done by guys—could we do something? Why can't we have a? Well, now we do, and this this could really be something. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to see how it does. A big acting thing here. I think this is going to have something to rectify at the upcoming Oscars. Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. Because these companies are named after actual people, and so there was a rivalry between not just the companies, but the guys that started the companies. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one on the race car circuit. You've got Christian Bale. You've got... Um, oh, I'm having a brain fart. Um, oh, for the love of all things. Hell, we... So, this one anyway is going to... You know, I'm sure, I know you're looking it up. Who is it? Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Matt Damon, yeah. Yep. I could see him. I couldn't say it. This is going to be a really good one. Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting story. I'd, I'd like to see more of a trailer for it. Um, not only that, you get some race car scenes that I think could be turning out pretty good, but I think the acting as well. These two acting titans, they know their way around acting and box office success. And it's centered around one of the great races in the world. The 24 Hours of Le Mans is yeah. what this is centered around. So for car people out there, I especially my my old roommates from college, I think they will really get a kick out of this one. This is going to be a fun one to go see uh, if you want to go see a good uh, turnaround. Then we have another one. I know it's kind of a spooky horror movie, The Lodge. Now, why they couldn't have that come out a couple weeks earlier in time for Halloween, I don't know. Uh, but The Lodge also came out in some of the uh, theater circuits as far as uh, competition-wise, and it was apparently pretty creepy. It got some pretty good buzz on it. So kind of like The Lighthouse, kind of like uh, – it's going to be a little more artistic, but downright suspenseful, downright scary, downright good buzz. So The Lodge. I kind of get a okay. feeling it's more like isolationism also. Yes. But things happen when you're isolated. So it sounds may, that way. maybe that and The Lighthouse kind of go hand in hand. So if you didn't get enough for Halloween mid-November, go check out The Lodge. We talked about Frozen 2. That's coming out November 22nd. That's, and that's right. Yes. That's going to be a big one. Oh, bring that's going to be a huge one. Yeah. Kids, bring your parents. Hey, same month. <laughs> 
I don't know if you have this listed. Same month, though, going back a little bit further, Lady and the Tramp is coming out in November That's as right. well. And Disney's going to have its its new take on, or a little bit more of a... The remake parade continues. Yes, of for, this time, though, for Lady and the Tramp. And I'm, it's gonna, it is going to be a live-action adaptation yeah. of the, the old animated movie. I think it's going to be kind of like the Lion King version of live-action. It's live-action with a lot of assists. From CGI. Yes. So I think something along those lines comes to mind because these dogs are supposed to talk and all of that. So it's, um, you know, what is, what's going to happen in like five years when Disney has remade everything and they need to do something and, well, we could remake Lady and the Tramp. Well, we just did that five years ago. <sighs> you know? Yeah. I, uh, you'd like to see something original come down the pike. It's please. Disney. Please. The, the Disney Imagineers. Where you? Eh, anyway. It could be an interesting one. Um, this is a good one I want to see. Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers. Yes. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood yep. coming out November 22nd. This is a behind-the-scenes look at, I grew up with Mr. Rogers. I love Mr. Rogers. But this is about a specific part of the Mr. Rogers story, and it's this relationship between him and uh, and a journalist who, who comes to get to know him, and then this kind of chronicles their friendship. Yeah. And this guy... Um, and how his life is changed by becoming friends with Mr. Rogers. Who, what can Tom Hanks not do? Can he not, I mean, now he's playing iconic characters that are really warm to our, is there anybody, honestly, that does not like Mr. Rogers? Maybe you mock him uh, a little bit, but you have to have that love and respect for him. Well, it's perfect that it's Tom Hanks. It really is. Yeah. It's so fitting. Mr. Rogers making a bit of a comeback. They had the documentary, and now they got the film, and this does look good, and I could see Oscar nominations for Tom Hanks here coming up also. We talked about this one real briefly, November 27th, Knives Out. You've got uh, you've got kind of the whodunit thing coming around. You've got one with Margot Robbie that's playing in theaters right now. And now you've got Ryan Johnson, his first movie since The Last Jedi. I think he'll do better with knives than he did with lightsabers, pun intended. <laughs> it's a big it's a big all-star cast, kind of a Agatha Christie-esque you know, who done it? Murder mystery kind of thing. Which again, why isn't that coming out in October? But anyway, it'll be out at the end of November. Knives out. Could yes. be definitely an interesting one. I'd like to see more about it. No trailers yet, but this looks interesting. I believe there is a trailer that's out would, for it because I, I it. saw a trailer. I forget which movie it was that I had gone to see, but there is a trailer out. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty certain because Daniel Craig featured yeah. very prominently in it in that trailer. Um, it's got Chris Evans, Don Johnson, Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, uh, Christopher Plummer, among many others who are are in that movie. Here's another one from November, too. If you are a big Chadwick Boseman fan, oh, you'll yeah. want to get to check out 21 Bridges that's coming up as well um, about – it's a story about an NYPD detective who gets all the bridges in Manhattan closed to try to close in on these these supposed killers and trying to find them. It's isolating the island so you can't get off. That's, yeah, that was another one on the list. That yes. It really looks good. Uh, sometimes a good cop thriller is just what you need, and that does look good. All right, now we jump into December to wrap up. It's a little more winter time now, but uh, we're wrapping up 2019 uh, you get a lot of big name movies, a lot of tentpole movies come out. It's almost like a short, abbreviated summertime around Christmas time. Uh, December thirteenth, you've got the new Jumanji movie, The Next Level. A lot of people weren't sure what to think about. You know, it's a Robin Williams classic from the nineties, yes. and now you have The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, bringing it back, and it worked. It was really a popular movie. Jack Black. So they're doing another one, and uh, if the first one worked, and this one is just kind of over the top, crazy fun, family, good times. 
This one I've got optimism for. They're bringing everybody back essentially yeah. too, right? I, yeah, it sounds like everyone's back. It's not Jumanji. You don't generally have people getting killed off, but uh, this one could be a fun. I think it'll do well at the box office. Well, no, yeah, not bringing, not like expecting somebody to get killed off with it, like that they're bringing everybody oh, yeah. back, but that most of the core people that they that they had from the last one, they're back around once oh, again. Oh, nowadays yeah. they sign contracts for, if this works, then you're back in for the next seven or whatever the case. Correct. Another comeback, uh, another horror movie in the middle of December. It's, I think, the third version now of Black Christmas. If you're not familiar with the horror movies, Black Christmas is probably one of the first slasher movies ever from the early 70s. They remade it in, I think, the 2000s. It was, eh. It's its own thing. Oh, yeah. But the original one, interestingly enough, the guy that made that movie is the same guy that made A Christmas Story, which if you ever watch TNT on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it's shown like 24 hours. Same guy, same crew, but a horror movie. So now they're making Black Christmas again. Just something to pass along. And then... um, What's that movie coming out on the 20th? It's, uh, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think we heard a little bit about this movie. It's Star it's been Wars. a It's been a little controversial. Yeah. It's been it's had its ups and downs, but by gosh, they're going to finish it out, and they're trying to get back to their roots here is what it really sounds like. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. This is going to end the saga. The Skywalker saga. It's not going to be the last Star Wars movie. It's not going to be the last Star Wars anything. But dealing with all the Skywalker drama from Anakin to Luke to is or is not Rey a Skywalker. We'll find. I have a feeling, though, I am looking forward to this. I have a feeling this is going to um, smooth over some of the issues from The Last Jedi. There's a lot of talk about some degree of retconning. I don't think they're just going to throw Ryan Johnson under the bus and make all of it like it never happened. But I think they're going to... Depends on your point of view. You told me that, oh, you told me Vader killed my dad. No, what I told you was true from a certain well, point of view. I think that card is going to get played. I would have to unroll a scroll <laughs> to be able to go through all the things that I, all the questions that I have that are actually going to need to be answered. Like, where the heck did the First Order come from? What did Snoke have to do with any of this? where exactly does Ray fit into all this? Are they actually going to try to attach her in there because of how the last movie went and because when they tried to completely break it all off, it didn't go very well? I've got a ton of questions that are going to need to be answered in what will probably be a three-hour extravaganza. Yeah. So it's, it's we, really we, hard to tell. Are Ray and Kylo actually going to become an item? Like, there's I, that, too. Something tells me that I think there's, um, you know, maybe in Arkansas, but there's there's rules against that. I think they're related. I have a feeling. You think they're related? I have a feeling that okay. they are second cousins, but that's just me. Ah, uh, well, that would be true. That's that would just be me. true because we already know Kylo's heritage. Star Wars, Episode Nine, Kissing Cousins. I don't know. So we will delve more into Star Wars when we get closer to release date, yes. I'm pretty sure. Yes. So we'll leave that at that. Uh, same weekend, you got Cats, based on the Broadway musical. That was oh, my gosh. Huge in the, the 80s. The trailer for this movie, <laughs> Dave. Did you watch the trailer? It, I don't condone drugs, but if you took LSD, <laughs> I think Cats would be a great movie to watch while on LSD. But I do not condone the such trailer, things. The trailer was literally... One of the weirdest things I think I have seen. Are you that, familiar? That with, are you will be hitting cat, my movie screen. Are you familiar with Cats? Do you know what that is? The, well, the play, yes, yeah. and like and the musical, and I know it's been a highly popular one. Yeah, it looks like they did a 
incredibly stylized version of that yeah. is what they tried to go for. And you end up just, uh, you watch the trailer and you leave going, what is my life? <laughs> I, I, I was bewildered after hey, I saw that. Hey, there's no one like McCavity. What can you say? And the same weekend, you got Bombshell. This will be an interesting one. Another acting tour de force. Uh, a lot of controversy with Roger Ailes and Fox News and a lot of the stuff that he was doing behind the scenes that kind of brought about his downfall. And um, you got and again, Hollywood likes to do everything twice. You've got the, the first version where you've got um, – um, I can always think of the guy's face and I can't say his name. I'm, that's my nickname, Dave Brain Fart Brooks. <laughs> Is um, – uh, oh, Gladiator, come on. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, thank you, where he played Roger Ailes. Now you got the other version coming out. So uh, everyone wants to do the stories that uh, have a good script, and then somebody develops their own version of it. So Bombshell, this is looking to be the bigger of the two, uh, the more prestigious of the two. Uh, another all-star cast. Look for this one to come around come Oscar season. A lot of times you get those Christmas time releases, and there's reasons for that because uh, – it, uh, they want to get it out for the year so that it makes Oscar nomination time. So look for Bombshell to be a bombshell in its own right. Controversial, I'm sure, but uh, a good one. Hey, Will Smith is back around again I in heard. December. Him and Tom Holland Woo-hoo. in an animated movie together, Spies in Disguise, that is from 20th Century Fox and uh, Blue Sky Studios that they're teaming up for that. Um I like that, and th- and then they've also got Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Karen Gillian is in it as well, Rashida Jones, uh, DJ Khaled, among others, um, who are in this new this new animated spy movie, basically. That brings me to my last movie on the list for 2019. It's going to get an early release uh, on Christmas Day, which for a lot of people is actually a big release date. 1917. Oh, man. This is Sam Mendes, who's been wrapped yep. up in the world of James Bond for a while. He did uh, uh, he did Skyfall, and he did the follow-up Spectre. Well, now he's out of Bond. World War One. it's a uh, an incredible potential suicide mission. you got to do this and save these guys, and can it be done? It looks to be very artfully done, very well done. And Sam Mendes, I don't care what the movie is, whether it's great or not, it's still darn good. It felt crafted. like it felt like watching some of the early trailers for Dunkirk when I watched yeah. it with the sounds and with the way that you get in the midst of the action as much as they were with um with that trailer for 1917. It's got got some great people in it cast wise, but also they go the unknown route as he was, well. He was for such a long time Sam Mendes was looked at as an art house director, American Beauty and uh and, and so now he's got into the world of action a little bit with James Bond. Clearly he was able to marry a very good art house kind of style into something that is so mainstream and so action oriented and so iconic and it worked. Yep. The first one in particular. Um so now what can Sam Mendes not do? You know, so this one looks to be very similar, very well crafted. Yeah. Um, this one looks to be a very good one. I, I think we're both looking forward to this. Yes, one. I am very much looking forward to that. I just saw the trailer um a couple of about a week or two ago, and that was the first I had heard of the movie. Yeah. I didn't know that it was coming out, and then I saw the trailer, and I went... I think I showed it to you, actually. Yes. You, you sat there making <gasps> faces. <gasps> and I was like, hey, I really got to go check this out. This looks excellent, because when you... It was Sam Mendes, and then the idea of a World War One type movie in the trenches, I was like, 
yeah, this looks this looks really compelling. So well, two big events in World War II with Midway and World War One with 1917. Yeah, uh, this is going to be an eventful fall. There's uh, a lot of potential to go see some good things. One more movie oh. to to remark upon that is coming out on Christmas Day in 2019. It is the new adaptation of Little Women. Oh, that's right. Yep, yeah. that will be on Christmas Day. Greta Gerwig is directing, and the cast is is a phenomenal cast. It's um, Seorsi uh, Ronan. I, I, can't, I can't pronounce her first name either. Quite, uh, yeah, it's I, Irish. It, yeah, it takes it takes me a little bit of work to pronounce it, but she is in it. Emma Watson is in it as well. Uh, Florence Pugh, Eliza Scanlon, Timothy Chalamet is in it as well. Meryl Streep will be in it. Laura oh. Dern will be in it. Phenomenal cast that they have put together for for this upcoming Little Women uh, adaptation. The, and again, with Greta Gerwig directing yeah. it, what a huge get that is for it's not the, a big-time director. It's been remade a lot of times based on the book. I think the biggest one to date is the Winona Ryder, Susan Sarandon version from the mid-'90s, which is also a good one. Kirsten Dunst got a big start in there, uh, Claire Danes. Uh, good movie. This one will be another good retelling. You know, And that's just one of the things. There's so much to go see coming out. Um, don't just you know save it up for the tentpole movies. Those are, of course, event movies that everyone wants to go see. If it interests you, go and see it. Whether it's good or it's not good, you'll find out the fun way by going to see it. And sometimes walking out of a bad movie is fun. I mean, we walked out of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and uh, we all huddled up quietly so people that were about to go in couldn't hear us, and we were dissecting it right then and there. I liked it, but I had problems, and took me nine months to realize how much I really didn't yes. like The Last Jedi, but it just kind of simmered with me. Um, maybe we'll have a similar huddle following uh, Last Skywalker and how it was better. We'll see. Um, go see those movies, not just the tentpoles. Go and see them, um, because by going to see these movies, it keeps the theater experience alive. And I know theaters are going through a bit of a transition right now and how we're going to take movies in and while they be streaming or you know, will less movies be going to the theater. You can't beat a theater experience like this. You just can't. It's just immersive and it's in a, in a blank slate. So if it needs you to enjoy yourself or be terrified or be on the edge of your seat, a theater does that like no airport terminal chair or relaxing couch in your house can do. It's just something special and magical. Go see some shows. If you if they interest you at all, big shows, little shows, I don't know if I like it, but let's go see it. Go see them. And that's what I'm really excited about with this crop of movies that we just talked about about Dave is that I wasn't really thinking about the end of this year movie wise all that terribly much but now the, when I really look at this group it is a very varied group of movies you're getting so many different kinds of movies that will be out and that's what's great you've got your tent poles you've got some some newer Jane creations Austin that are really George good Lucas in one week yeah exactly <laughs> so a lot of different adaptations a lot of some new original stuff that's in there as well there's a lot to choose from here. It's a great selection at the end of this year, so go check them out. Yeah, it does look to be a very good fall season, very eclectic, and I think a lot of those will be hearing about come Oscar season. I'm sure yeah. we'll touch base more on those as we get to Oscar season six months away. Uh, go see some shows. Good, see, good, a lot to see this fall. And go Rick, see them at the Bemidji Theater. That's right. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater. Good plug there, Dave, and a good reminder to go check out these movies there. I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we will see you this fall at the movies.